Welcome to the bungalow. Welcome to the bungalow. Welcome to the bungalow. Yeah, this your finger show. Cindy and Kale coming through. They about to let it go. Welcome to the bungalow. Relax, have a seat. Life, loving comics is the place to be. He's a comic book writer. She's a music lover. Things get a little crazy when these two get together. Life's a surprise, like unpredictable weather. But when you got someone you love, it just make it all better. Daily quizzes, tell me, can you keep up? News of the weird, I know you can't get enough. Colors Comic Corner. Yeah, it's where it goes. Down. Welcome to the bungalow, it's our playground, yeah. Welcome to the bungalow, yeah, this your favorite show. Cindy and Kale coming through, they about to let it go. Welcome to the bungalow, relax, have a seat, yeah. Life, loving comics is the place to be. So welcome to the bungalow. From a studio in the heart of Snake Mountain. Let's go. So this time of year, I like... To think about spooky questions. So I have a spooky question to start us off tonight, Cindy. Let's hear it. I want you to cast your mind back. You're a kid, and you're dressed in your favorite Halloween costume. Okay. You go up to a door, and you knock, and you you say trick-or-treat, and they toss candy into your candy bucket. Yes. What is, here's the two questions, as a kid, these are two questions to start with. It's a two-parter. As a kid, maybe more than two parts, I don't know. As a kid, do you, what is the candy you most want to see in your candy bucket, and what is the candy you least want to see in your candy bucket? Candy, I'm, we're talking when I was a kid. When you were a child. When I was a kid. The candy I most wanted to see... I'm going to get so much hate mail for this. That's all right. Do it anyway. Candy corn. You wanted to see the Ziploc bag full of candy corn. It wasn't Ziploc bags. <laughs> they used to... They and When I was a kid, they would make packages of candy corn to pass out at trick-or-treat time. They were little clear cellophane packages of candy corn. Wow. I don't know that... I, I mean, I'm sure they did make it. I just don't remember that. And I... My mom, we never had candy corn in our house so anytime but Halloween. Hmm. So on Halloween, I always looked forward to getting candy corn. Okay. Um, see, I remember candy corn, but it was always like some old lady just grabbed a handful of candy corn and threw it in the bucket. Ew, it was loose. No, no, or no, no. it was in like a Ziploc or something. Nope. But Ziplocs were treasures back when I was a kid, so you just didn't get a Ziploc. These were little, little square, they were square packages. It was clear, like clear, there was nothing written on it. Mm-hmm. They were just clear packages of candy corn. Okay. What was the candy you least wanted to get? Those godforsaken black and orange peanut butter candies. Oh, I forgot about those. Yep, I hated those. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. So, the candy I most wanted to get, probably, as a kid. I feel like Snickers is pretty much a classic, like, you want to get Snickers or Reese's, right? Sure. But I really liked 
those little flavored Tootsie Rolls. I mean, oh, not yeah. the chi- like the ones that were like lime or orange. Yep. Or, you know, blueberry or something. See, I'm weird. I like the white, the white wrapper Tootsie Rolls because they were just vanilla. Yeah. But I like, I want, I like those. I like getting those a lot. And the thing I didn't want to get was candy corn. <laughs> I didn't want candy corn. Um, okay, so now second part of that question is, have your tastes changed? If you were to go trick-or-treating yes. this year, yes. what is the candy you would most want to get? If I were to go trick-or-treating this year, it would either be a Reese's, mm-hmm. a Twix, or a Milky Way. Milky Way? I love Milky Ways. Oh, well, I guess Milky Way is better than a Three Musketeer. See, I don't like nuts. Right. Otherwise, I'd say Snickers. Mm-hmm. But I don't like nuts. So, I have to de- I will eat a Snickers because I'm a fat girl who likes chocolate. But I have to muddle my way through the nuts in a Snickers. That's what she said. <laughs> you beat me to it. Um, oh, muddle I- my way through the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Muddling our way through the nuts. Um, Kill me. So I would say, me now, I would want like, my thing I'd most want would be like a take five. Do they still make take fives? I don't know. A take five is probably the thing I would want the most. That's the one that has the peanut butter, the caramel, the I know, pretzel, yeah, pretzel. Yeah, all that stuff. And the thing I would least like to get... Wait, or I'd like to get an Almond Joy. I don't like Almond Joys except for this time of year. And I do like Almond Joys. And weirdly enough, the candy I would least like to get now, a Mounds. I want... So you like Almond Joy, but you don't like Mounds. <laughs> yes. I have, okay. to, I, have to, I have to muddle my way through the nuts of an Almond Joy in order to enjoy a coconut candy. Are you looking up if Take Five still a candy bar? No, I'm looking up. Boom. There they are. That looks like a Ziploc bag. No, look. It's cellophane. It's cellophane wrapped. Oh, individually wrapped candy corns. Okay. See? All right. All right. I believed you. I just had never seen them. Like I said, people would always throw candy corn in the little plastic pumpkin along with some loose change. That's what you get. And by the way, if anybody wants to buy cellophane wrap candy corn, you can find it on JustCandy.com. Hey, they don't pay us for advertising, so don't give them Maybe they will. (laughs) Well, from deep in the heart of Snake Mountain, grim, grinning ghosts come out to socialize on this very special Halloween episode. That's Santa Claus. That was a creepy Santa. (laughs) That was drunk Santa. (laughs) But Drunk Santa's probably a good segue, because uh, we're going to talk about all things creepy today. But let's talk about some weirdness first. Not news of the weird, that comes later as always. But, Cindy, do you want to talk about our adventures at the flea? Oh my gosh. Not the flea market. The flea. The flea is my new favorite dive bar in Springfield. And when I say dive bar... I mean dive bar. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's this little hole in the wall place down near the the college campus at uh, Missouri State, and it's just I love it. 
Oh, yeah, it's it. a nice, it's a neat little but, place. Lots but, uh, of lots of junk on the walls. Yeah, lots lots of different things on the walls to look at. Um, the people that work there are all super nice. They don't have food, it's, but you can get Cheetos. You can buy a bag of Cheetos if you're hungry. Right. Um, but the clientele that come in that place. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. <laughs> some Yeah, sometimes. On one particular day, though, we were lucky enough to sit next to a table with two... Um, what do you call them? Crackheads? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. let's call it what, it what they were, a couple of recovering crackheads who have found Jesus. Yes. They say. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing. I'm not dissing recovering addicts who found Jesus. I'm not. But these two in particular, oh, they were quite a pair did you did I know we overheard them talking about some interesting things. What were some of the weird things they talked about? Well, let me pull up my phone because I took notes. <laughs> you know you're at an interesting bar experience when you're taking notes on your phone. Um, so yeah, so uh started out the one was talking about how he was he was hungry. He hadn't eaten all day and uh they were trying to decide where they were going to go eat. Right. And the one said, how about Subway? And the other one said, I only got 10 cents. That, I knew then it was going to be an interesting conversation. But uh, but anyway, um, my one of my favorites was April. Yes, let's talk about April. Yeah, let's talk about April. This is why the guy only had 10 cents. <laughs> April is the reason. So, I'm going to use a little bit more gentle terminology than he did. Okay, these guys were not sensitive to anything, though, so I don't know what... Go ahead, let's hear. He effed a girl in a tent. Oh, yeah. He... He he had relations with a girl in yeah. a tent. Yeah. He he effed a girl in a tent and uh thought she was a gypsy. Wasn't wasn't sure if she was a gypsy. He said, I think she was a gypsy. And uh he kept going on about how maybe she was a gypsy. And the <laughs> other guy and the other guy said, uh I don't know. Maybe. And uh, the guy said, the guy said, uh, I don't know. Her name was April. He says, yep, that's a gypsy. Yeah, that's a gypsy. So apparently if your name's April, you're a gypsy. I guess. But, um, but then the story continues. And different girl... He took her back to his apartment one night. In fact, I think it was the night before. And she, yeah. And took her back to his apartment, and his words were, she was kind and gentle. But I woke up, and she robbed me. She took his all his money out of his wallet. Yeah. But she was nice enough to leave him his... Wallet. Wallet and ID. And ID, yeah. Which took everything else. She was a kind and gentle, kind and gentle soul. I merged these two stories. I thought April was the one who... No. It's two different girls. So this two guy... Two different girls. This guy 
He's is a player. A, he's just a gigolo and he, everywhere he goes. He's he's a player who has terrible t- judgment. Oh my gosh. In in his women, I guess. And what did the other guy say about money? He said something about money. I don't know, money was the root of all Oh, oh yeah. no, he said no, he said the mercies the mercies of the wicked are cruel. The mercies of the wicked are cruel. And he did say well what he said was money is not the root of all evil. That's he was right. almost preaching at this point to everyone who was in earshot, who's us. He says, money is not the root of all evil, but the desire for money is the root You're of all right. evil. Yep. Um, it's a lesson I learned from that gen- that recovering crackhead. Jesus yeah. freak. And then they left and went to Subway. Then they went to Subway. I don't know how that dude got a sandwich with 10 cents, but... Maybe his buddy, his newfound friend. Maybe. Because didn't the one guy say, hey... Jesus told me to come here. He did. And meet Jesus you. Jesus told me to come here, yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, again, nothing against a recovering addict. Nothing against uh, someone who loves Jesus. I mean, gypsy's not uh, a term that's really... Uh, it's not a kind term, I don't think. I think the Roma people people do not like being referred to as... Gypsies. They don't? I didn't realize that. I think so. I think so. I think it's it's a term that has gone very, very out of fashion. Unless you're singing. Isn't it Cher sings a song about? (laughs) Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. (laughs) Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, thanks, Cher. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the flea. It's a a good, it's a good bar, though, if you want a, a beer for a couple of bucks. Yeah. And some Cheetos. They make really strong bourbon and Diet Cokes, that's for sure. I love it. It's the only place I know I can go. Of course, this is only when I'm not driving. But it's the only place I know that I can go. And they'll ask me, do you want a double? And You're afraid to get a double. I'm afraid to get a double, <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. Although I learned something new, and this may sound, make me sound stupid. Okay. But I always assumed when people ask you, when a bartender asks you if you want to double, maybe I shouldn't admit this. You probably shouldn't, but you're already going down that path, so. So I always thought when they said, do you want to double, and I say, yeah, that'd be great. And they say, and they put it in a bigger glass. I always thought that meant double, double the booze and double the soda. So it's like you're getting two drinks in one. But it doesn't. It means just double the booze in the same amount of soda. I well, I think it's. Di- I, mean, I think some places it is, and some places it's not. Right? I don't know. I, I think mm-hmm. I was always a, under the same. Like if you were to come to my bar here at Snake Mountain and ask for a double, I would probably just make like two times the drink. Right. But make. But I know there it's just two times the booze. Yeah, it's definitely just two times the booze. We're going to have to research this, Cindy. We're going to have to figure it out. I feel like our listeners, both of them, really, really need to know this. And I don't know, one of my notes that I had left over from the the day at the flea, I don't know what this means, but it says, I compare everyone to you, and you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you were talking to me. No, it sounds like something you would say. Hey, I'm not mean. (laughs) I do. It does. It, it, I don't know if it's something I 
said, but it is something I will say in the future, I promise. And apparently one of the dudes, one of the dudes that was there, apparently we referred to him as Joey Cocaine. Yeah, Joey Cocaine is his name. Thank Joey you. Joey Cocaine. He found Jesus but kept MF and everything. <laughs> Yeah, that's the doubles. Those double bourbons and cokes talking. Oh, oh yeah, and I was mad at you because you ate all my gushers. So it's Cullen eating all the gushers. All right, folks. <laughs> it's Gushers is candy, so it applies to our talks of Halloween mayhem. You ate all my, all my gushers. Cindy went out of town. And she left what I consider one of the greatest snack candies... She hid them. She was clever. She put them behind. Obviously not well like, enough. A, a thing of oyster crackers or something. <laughs> but I moved the oyster crackers, and there, in all its glory, were 12, <laughs> were 12 individually wrapped bags of Gushers candy. And yes, I admit, watching a spooky movie, I ate every bag of Gushers candy. <laughs> Because yeah. I thought they were they were so far back, they were so hidden that I just figured you never you didn't eat them. You bought them and we forgot about them. I didn't think you were actually actively hiding. The That's gushers. what you get for thinking. <laughs> well, I ate all those gushers. Next time I'll hide them in my underwear drawer or something. I can find gushers anywhere. <laughs> it is the greatest of. Greatest of, I don't know, is Gusher, are Gushers considered a candy or a fruit snack? I think they're considered a fruit snack. Well, they're delicious, I know that. And I ate them all. But I did buy you a replacement box. Yeah. And then I ate that. Yeah. (laughs) So. I'm feeling the love. I am, I have a weakness when it comes to Gushers. And I apologize for that, but there's nothing I can do about it. (laughs) It's just the way it is. I remember when you were telling me about it, you were like, oh yeah, I ate your gushers. And I'm thinking, okay, you ate some gushers. And then I think you realized that I didn't realize, and you said, I ate all your gushers. Right. I said, every pack? Yeah. (laughs) It's like Ron Swanson ordering bacon and eggs. (laughs) I want you to bring me all the bacon and eggs. I worry you heard, bring me a lot of bacon and eggs. I want you to bring me all the bacon and eggs. Well, I apologize for eating your gushers. Maybe that's what I want in my Halloween trick-or-treat these days. Do you? Gushers. Um, so, here we go. Since we're talking about sp- spooky stuff, because it's Halloween, right? Because in just a couple of nights, it will be Halloween. This is Halloween. The Bun family will be putting on their annual haunted garage. Whoop, whoop. Making some chili. Cooking some hot dogs. Loading up some apple cider with some fireball. <laughs> double apple cider. That's right, and double. <laughs> and... And we're going to sit outside and pass out candy to all the good little boys and ghouls. I love watching the kids in their costumes. Like, I just, there's something about it. It just, it pulls on my heartstrings every time. When you see the little bitty babies. Although, I'm not, I must confess, when, when I see parents walk up, 
Oh, I just had a brilliant idea. Okay. You know how the grocery store had the little little bottles of Fireball? For, Give those to parents? When, when the parents walk up with the little bitty babies that you know the babies aren't eating the candy... We should start giving them little bottles of Fireball instead. Then, for goodness sake, a teen parent walks up and I go to jail for giving a... Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a judge. What, am I going to ID these people? Can I see your ID, please? <laughs> we need ID. Yeah, I don't want to go to jail for giving a teen parent a bottle of, a dollar bottle of Fireball. It was just something. You look young. Well, we'll look at them. You look young. Um, I don't think... It's I'm... Halloween. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. It was a good idea while it lasted. It was a good idea, except for the legalities of it. Damn it. Sorry, I've ruined Halloween for you. When I was a kid, we got one of my friend's older older brothers in trouble for delinquency of a minor. Yeah, I don't want to... On Halloween? No. Just probably on a Friday or Saturday night. Just a regular old Friday. He, He bought us booze. And he wasn't supposed the to. The parents were out of town. And, uh, sorry, Robbie. Um, <laughs> the parents were out of town, and, uh, he bought us booze. And then we had more kids show up than we meant to have show up. And the cops got called by one of the neighbors, and Robbie went down. Poor Robbie. Robbie should have known better. Robbie was a pothead. <laughs> I hope Robbie's not listening. Trust me. And I hope he's found Jesus. Trust, I think Much got, like Coca- Joey Cocaine. Joey <laughs> Alright, so... I also dated Robbie, so, you know. Wow, you have good taste. I do, right? I mean, I was older. I was a little bit older, but... Anyway... What? What do you think? How would you finish this question, this this sentence? It wouldn't be Halloween without. It wouldn't be Halloween without an annoying cat climbing on the table while we're trying to do a podcast. No, um Oh my god, Colin, don't twist his head. <laughs> now, what would it be Halloween? It wouldn't be Halloween without you. <laughs> for the for for the world. Oh, for the world. No, I don't know. No, no, it doesn't have to be for the world, but I like the idea that if there's no Cullen, Halloween just fades into nothing. For the for world. Me. You would not celebrate Halloween if I wasn't around? <laughs> Hell no. No, I'd put a pumpkin on the porch, turn out the light, and call it a day. But you like seeing all the little kids in their I costumes. I do. I'm being a smartass. Um, no, seriously, it wouldn't be Halloween without, hmm, haunted houses. Really? You have, you have never set foot in a haunted house. Doesn't mean it wouldn't be Halloween without it. (laughs) I have set foot in one haunted house, thank you very much, and it scared the shit out of me, and I never went back. Was it a JC haunted house? No. It was, uh... Oh, wait, I take that back. I've been in two haunted houses in my life. Yeah. Two. Were they J.C. haunted houses? <laughs> no. No, they were not J.C. haunted houses. I went in one when I was, like, 18 or 19 with my best friend, Suzanne, and her boyfriend. 
and she got scared. I'll never forget this. I can still hear this voice in my head. She got scared, and she called out, and she screamed out my name. Cindy! And the next thing I knew, I guess there, there was somebody's like us in the shadows neck right next to me. A ghoul. Yeah. And all of a sudden I hear, Cindy, I'll kill Cindy. You ain't ever seen a chubby girl run so fast in her life. <laughs> we used to have JC haunted houses when I was a kid. Before haunted houses became like sort of the giant things that they are the now. Money makers. Yeah. yeah. We had JC haunted houses every year that we went to. And we had We had, like, church haunted houses. Churches would put them on. Were they the ones with, like... <laughs> Here's a scary room. Teen pregnancy. Right, no, yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. That's, those are hell houses. Oh, I, yeah, I, I've yeah. never, I've never been to a hell house, but I've kind of always wanted to go in them. Oh. Just to see what it's like. Um, no, but our church... I mean, the churches used to put on really good haunted houses. A couple of them. Uh, and, uh... And... I remember when I was very little, my parents took me to a haunted house in Newton Grove, and it was in an old house, and that house was awesome looking. Like, I can picture that house as I was walking up to it. And they had pig's heads out on posts along the fence on the yard. Not fake pig's heads. Gross. They went to the butcher and got like three or four pig's heads and mounted them out there onto the fence posts going up to the... uh, to the house, and I remember there was a guy dressed as a ghost running back and forth on top of the house, and he was freaking me out. He's like on the roof, running around oh, on the God. roof. And then when you went in, there was an executioner standing right at the door as you go in, and there were stairs leading up. And if you were a teenager, you could go up the stairs to the real haunted house, which was upstairs. But if you weren't, you had to stay downstairs, and there was like a witch who would give you a fishing pole and you put your fishing pole over a curtain and a monster behind the curtain will put a prize on your fishing pole. Aww. That's what what I did. I didn't go up to go get to go into the haunted house, but I remember looking up at up those stairs was scary to me. It was cool. But here's the thing. I can appreciate that they're doing that for children, but they're giving children a false sense of security in a haunted house. So, when you're little and you think all you do is go in and a witch gives you a fishing pole and you get treats, kids are going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to go in a haunted house. I'm not scared. And then the minute reality hits and they go to the real haunted house, boom, they're in therapy for the rest of their lives. So, probably what they should do is every third person, instead of the witch giving them a fishing pole, the witch socks them in the belly one time really hard. Something. Something they aren't expecting, yeah. Yeah. So they're like, oh, haunted house, bad. And they would never forget the night they got socked in the belly by a witch. Thank you. You get it. I do get it. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> so when people come to our haunted garage, every third little kid that we're always like, oh, just let them go through. We won't scare them. We're going to sock them in the belly. Sure. Interesting. I, like I mean, this. I see a lot of lawsuits in our future, but, you know. I remember when I was in college, uh, when I was in West Plains in college, this uh, this uh, daycare, it's th- th- these friends of mine put on a haunted house in a daycare. 
like I'm building a house that people used as a daycare center. And at night, they converted it into a haunted house. And my buddy Robert, <laughs> Robert McKinney and I went to volunteer at the haunted house one night. And we were, st- we were stationed, there's like a long hallway at the back of the house. It had an entry on the right side, and, you could, and you'd walk down the hall, and you could go back on the left side. It looked like a porch at one mm-hmm. time that had been closed off and turned into a hallway. And we were stationed in that hallway, and um, I remember, I don't remember what I was wearing my costume, but I remember Robert wasn't wearing a costume, but he had a, a hockey mask that he was just holding in his hand, and he put it over his face when people came through, and he'd scare them. And uh, at some point in the night, we got the call, hey, little kid coming through, little kid coming through, everybody be, be gentle, little kid coming through. And I'm like, okay. And this little toddler, because he was little, entered the hall at the end, and we were standing at the far end of the hall. And I mean, when I say he was little, he was like a tiny little guy. He wasn't like a five or six-year-old. He was a tiny guy. And he starts toddling down the hallway. And Robert put that mask up to his face, and he stomped both his feet, and he hunched down, and he lowered down so he was at that kid's eye level, and he ran down the, that dark hall as fast as he could, and he went, Aah! he let this horrible bellowing screech out and ran right into that kid's face, terrified him. That little boy, I've never seen so a little child scream so but horribly. why did he do that? Because Robert was an asshole. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. See, so we both had Roberts in our lives. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, made bad choices. Well, Robert made a bad choice that night. <laughs> He's now a police officer, or he was the last time I heard from him. That that frightens me. Yeah, well, it's been years, but... No, I'm sure. He's he, probably I'm retired sure he's at this point. Officer. Who knows? You know what This that reminded me of was uh, the year that you and I helped run that scene at that haunted forest. Yeah. We had just started living together. And I remember I didn't want to go. Yeah. Because I don't like haunted houses. You didn't even want to help. Yeah, I didn't want... And you said, you'll... And you convinced me, Cindy, you'll be in the scene. Nobody's going to scare you in the scene. Yeah. So I went against my better judgment. We got out there before it was dark. So I was like, okay, I can see everything around me. We got set up for the scene, and then in between groups, I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I did not want to go. I was going to hold it, and one of the other girls that was in the scene with me, she had to go pee, so we were going to walk down there, and I didn't want to, and you said, you'll be fine. There's Nobody's, nobody's coming through right now. You'll be fine. But I was afraid if I walked through the other scenes to get to the bathroom, they'd scare scare me. And they didn't. Everybody was like, hey, how's it going? You know, having a good night. And then there was this one asshole (laughs) who was hiding in the bush alongside of us as we were walking to the bathroom and came running out of the brush as fast as he could, squealing at us. You know who that asshole was? <laughs> I don't. Do you know who that asshole was? It wasn't Robbie. It wasn't Robert. <laughs> I don't remember screaming. I remember saying, hey. Maybe that, hey, it was all a scream to me, whatever. 
Yes, folks. The love of my life, who knew I was terrified to be there that night, decided it would be funny to scare me as I was going to use the bathroom. Everybody deserves one good scare on Halloween. (laughs) As if being with you wasn't enough. (laughs) Good one. And what happened after that? I don't know. You yelled at me. <laughs> I yelled at you, and how long did it take me to start speaking to you again? I don't remember. An hour. Like a day. <laughs> I was so mad at you. You had to talk to me because you would have been left at the haunted forest. Because I wouldn't know when you wanted to leave. We left when it was over. <laughs> uh, and I have apologized for that. How many times? How many years? How many Halloweens has it been? Well, that was in 2002, so... Well, there you go. Yeah. A thousand Halloweens. It's been 20 years. A thousand Halloweens. A thousand apologies. Just thinking about it makes me angry. <laughs> hey. What made you think it was funny or okay? This is, what I'm, this is why I think it was you that said, I compare everyone to you, and you're a fucking idiot. You were talking to me. That's what I think. Maybe. I think this is, I think we've gotten to the bottom of that mystery. Um, I don't know. I was just going to say the laughter of children. It wouldn't be Halloween without laughter of children. But, you know, you brought us down, Cindy. So, sorry. Bite me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaking of scares, Mm -hmm. what do you think is the scariest movie you saw when you were a kid? Salem's Lot. Yes. Yes, Salem's Lot. When you're a kid, that is the, the miniseries yep. the, on uh, whatever channel it aired on, ABC, NBC. It was one of the networks. Yep. Um, that movie was terrifying. And I was going to say, is it still scary to this day to you? I don't you? know. I've never and watched it. It is still scary. It's still a terrifying movie. Salem's Lot. Wow. We're on the same page. You've now forgiven me for Halloween, and we are in agreement on Salem's Lot. <laughs> yes, Salem's Lot. The world Lot. is right again. The world is right again. <laughs> well, we can put that one in the books. Yeah, that Salem's Lot is terrifying. When that little boy floats up to the window. Oh my gosh, And he yes. starts tapping on the window. Woo! And then there's a scene where the vampires come into life and the guy is wrapping up a couple of tongue depressors to make a crucifix. Woo! <laughs> When he sits up in the... When the guy sits up. Oh, my gosh, or yes. the, Or the guy's rocking in that rocking chair in the corner of the room. Terrifying movie. Absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I would make, after seeing that, I would make my mom make sure the curtains were completely closed on my window. And I would make her put a blanket up over the curtain. I did not want to be able to look outside and see the window at all. After that, that's fair. I didn't want. To, and we lived on the first floor. Ain't nobody floating up to my window. That's fair. That's fair. I'm scared. In other Halloween news, my trivia team took first place at the tri- Halloween trivia contest last night. Way to go! You came and joined us for a little bit. I like to think it was my my good luck that rubbed off on you guys. It might have been, but it could also be that we changed our team name. Mm. Our team name was, and has been for since last year when we did it, the last trivia table on the left. 
Because you always sit at the left. Because we table. sit on the left, and we're it's a little nod to the the horror movie Last House on the left. Right. But last night we decided that we were no longer Last Trivia Table on the left. Instead, we were Shockma Two Thousand. Nice. Which is a tribute to the movie Dracula Two Thousand and the movie Shockma, which is about a baboon that attacks. Uh, people in a college okay that was our team name last night and we won good for you what'd you win i won a coffee mug (laughs) and i'd have went for the coupon for free popcorn or something those are only for second place winners um yeah well no they'll give you the first place winners too i won a coffee mug and a couple people on my team won socks somebody won a bottle opener and someone won a set of pens. Ink pens. Nice. There you go. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Winners. Champions of Halloween 2022. Shock my 2000. Shock me, shock me, shock me. Right. <laughs> shock the monkey. Get it? Because shock was a baboon. All right. So, moving on from that, it's time for everyone's favorite time, the Cullen's Comic Corner. Let's hear it. I don't... What is it? I don't do the song. You do the song. I don't... What do I say about Cullen's Comic Corner? No, I said let's hear it. Oh, I thought there was some sort of code that I suppose... Some sort of song or a catchphrase. Like, bam, here comes some comic books. There you go. That's the new one. Well, you better write it down because I will forget that. Pow! Like, bam, biff, pow, comic books. That's what all the... Newspaper articles that don't understand comic books, that's how they do their headlines. Bam, bip, pow, comic books are still popular. Dumb. Anyway. Uh, so the first, really only the big news I'll share about comic books is the Harrow County, it's not even about comic books. It's about board games. Uh, just last night, the Harrow County board game Kickstarter campaign that is put on by Off the Page Games uh, wrapped up. The campaign was successful, so Harrow County, the board game, is a go. It ended funding at like $220,000. Awesome. They were after, I think, 50000 so they did that. A, a big support, you know, a big group of people supporting them. The game's going to be awesome. It'll come out in next year, fall of next year, I think, is when it actually comes out because board games yeah. take forever to produce. Um, if you didn't back it, you will. St- I mean, Ta-ta. sucks to be you, <laughs> um, but they will. I'm sure the, there will be retail. There will definitely be retail editions, but there were some really cool special editions and stuff that you could get as part of the campaign. Hopefully, if you are into Harrow County or into board games, you supported that because it's going to be awesome. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, Cindy. That means a lot coming from you. Um, other th- <laughs> awkward. <laughs> other other news. Uh, I just I guess the new issue of previews came out. Uh, so I was looking through that, and there's a few things in that new issue of previews. Uh, I see that Source Point Press has for a January release my new series Nightwalkers, which is a speaking of Salem's Lot and Vampires, Nightwalkers is a vampire comic that I'm doing uh, with Source Point Press. Number one 
is available for pre-order now at your favorite comic book retailer. And then uh, in that same issue of previews, I saw that Vault Comics is offering door-to-door night-by-night number three. Mad Cave is offering Legacy of Violence number four. Valiant is finally returning to Book of Shadows uh, with Book of Shadows number three. So all of those individual comics you can pre-order right now at your local comic shop. I also saw that Boom has offered an advance pre-order on Basilisk Volume 3, which is the final volume of the Basilisk series. You can get Volumes 1 and 2 also. And Dark Horse is doing an advance offer of Parasomnia Volume 2. Both of those come out in March, March 22nd, I believe. But they're all in previews right now, so you can get all of those wonderful excursions into darkness because I am my my soul is dark and sad <laughs> and that's why I scared you at that haunted house because I'm just evil and dark am I evil yes yes I am <laughs> so that's all uh, that's the news the big news was Harrow County board game and then we've got a few uh, those comics coming out that just showed up in uh in previews that just came out this last week, I think. Um, so there you go. All right. And with that, it brings us to what really is everyone's favorite segment, which is your news of the weird. So I hope you have some weird and spooky stories for us. Well, I tried to find spooky stories. I, I kind of struggled. Okay. So I do have this one. Let's hear it. So, this is from Poland. Polish researchers found a skeleton straight from a horror film. I think I read this article too, but I want to hear your the, your review of it. So, researchers discovered a centuries-old female vampire held to the ground... By a sickle buried in a Polish cemetery. And wasn't the sickle across the throat yes. of the skeleton? Yes. Yeah. So the skeleton was reported... The blah, blah, blah. The skeleton reportedly dates back to around the 17th century. And it had, yeah, it had a sickle around its neck. Believed to be put there to prevent her, the like in case it came back to in case she came back to life when she went to move the sickle would have chopped her head off mm-hmm. she also had a padlock on her toe weird to keep people from stealing her toe mm-hmm. but these were all they all attributed to superstitions about how to keep the dead from rising but they said she was also buried with a silk headdress, which indicates that uh, she was from higher rank. She was a higher rank in society. Yeah, vampires so always are. So she's are. a fancy vampire. All, vampires usually are a higher rank in society. But uh, but and the thing is, they said that in her skull she had a tooth that jutted out of her mouth. Yeah, that would have jutted out of her mouth. So they think that could be the cause that that could be what raised superstitious suspicions. So she had from a people. She had a, a 
tooth that was mispl- or yeah. growing differently, and people yeah. thought she was a vampire because of it. Yes. Did they remove this sickle from the corpse? Yes. Idgets. Right? Pure idgets. You don't do that. There was a picture in the article of the sickle mm-hmm. and the, the padlock. Yeah. I wouldn't have removed them either. You need to stop bear- uncover. You need to stop digging vampires up. We don't. We don't have the resources. That's how a vampire apocalypse happens. You dig one up. Yeah. Remove that blade, and then the vampires get you. Yeah. So what do they do with this vampire skeleton? Do we know that? No. They were going to research it, and I think maybe do that before you uncover it. Before you take the sickle off its throat. Right. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. You know, only to, and I get it. I'm sure vampires, most, you know, vampires, there's a 99.9% chance that supernatural vampires do not exist. But I don't want to take that 0.1% chance. I don't want to be the one, yeah. Yeah. That figures out, oh, they do. <laughs> they do. Oh, <laughs> dang it. All right. All right, let me find this other one real quick. Quixie Dixie. Yeah, so uh, I'm torn. I have two. I have two more stories. I'm torn which one I want to tell next. Because one is interesting, and the other one is like, what the fuck? All right, let's go with this one. All right, let's hear. So it. this one is about. This is actually a story that dates back to 1979. Okay. But it just came out in the news. So, in 1979 in Alaska, some researchers discovered an Ice Age bison who was fully intact. He was encapsulated in ice, so he was like, he, you know, was preserved. Okay? And... So this is like a 55,000-year-old bison. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, they were curious, you know, about this bison. Did it have a sickle around its neck? Did not have a sickle around its neck. But, uh, they cut out a part of its neck and ate it. What? Yep. Yep. They sliced off a piece of its neck to eat. You want to hear the poem they wrote? They were all right. So, I just before we get to a poem, these were scientists that found this thing. Researchers, yep, unearthed a mummified body of a fifty-five-year-old, fifty-five thousand, yeah, fifty-five thousand-year-old bison in the Alaskan tundra. Shortly after, they sliced off a piece of its neck to eat. Does it say how they prepared this prehistoric neck piece? I'm sure they served it with a nice Chianti. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Um, I, I know they had to... I can't find it off the top of my head, but I know they had to, like, cover the taste with other things, like seasonings and condiments and And then it was such a meal that they wrote a poem about it. They did. Let's hear this poem. This is not a traditional story. Not many names or dates, so don't worry. 
It's also an incredibly. It's also not incredibly timely. It's about an ice age bison, and a man who th- whose thought process defies me. Let's start with the creature lived more than fifty five thousand years ago. Was brought to his knees by a lion ancestor foe. Went down went the bison on permanent frost ground, which kept him from being eaten or found. Neither predator nor man disturbed the behemoth mass as it remained encased in a protective frozen glass. Leap forward to 1979. A team of explorers venture out to mine. Gold is what they are on the lookout for, on the spot where the bison hit the floor. With a hydraulic mining hose, they melted away some frozen sludge till someone said, Whoa, stop! Hey! They reported their findings to University of Alaska Fairbanks officials. Dale Guthrie led the excavation, limiting interstitials. The skeleton, the skin, the muscles, all in near impeccable condition. Guthrie named it Blue Babe, then sliced off a piece for a culinary mission. You know what we can do, he asked. Host a party, and with cooking the meat, I'll be tasked. The, ba- the Blue Babe neck steak served eight, with veggies and spices and lots of booze they ate. Years later, writing about the taste, Guthrie said, when thawed, one, one could mistake. The aroma for beef, not unpleasantly earthy, but once in the mouth, his wife, Mary Lee Guthrie, told podcasters from Gimlet, it was worse than beef jerky. <laughs> Still, it was a great party, she finally remembered, a dreamy symbolism of the meal they endured. It was a feast, by all counts a true celebration. An, ima- an imagining of the human experience on Earth, she said with elation. The end. Okay. So, <laughs> I think that as a people, we all tend to get down on ourselves. And we think, of, you know, there, I'm certain a lot of people say to themselves, you know, I'm just not, maybe I'm not as smart as I should be. Or I'm not as smart as these university folks, these these scientists. I'm not as bright. <laughs> So this story should teach you, never, ever say that. Because this person was an idiot. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Eating a 55,000-year-old piece of bison because, what, because you can? No, don't be dumb. And also, who wrote that poem? It was terrible. I don't like it. I don't love that poem. Um, I don't like poems that... Like mention the names of universities or whatever. It was really a terrible poem. Um, I have a poem about. I don't know. The article came from NPR. I I have a poem about eating a fifty-five thousand-year-old bison. I didn't write it, but let me recite it to you. I do not like that, Sam. I am. <laughs> I do not like this green eggs and ham. Wilted meat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I... That is... You've had two stories about people unearthing something from times past. Yeah. In one of the stories... Yeah. <laughs> they remove the sickle from the vampire's throat, and in the other they eat a prehistoric bison. I think eating the bison and, more importantly, writing that poem is the stupider of the two stories. (laughs) 
wow. Way. All right, let's hear. What else we got? So this one is about a guy named Lester who lives in California. I'm already a fan of Lester. Mm. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Oh, no, I take it back. So... This guy, Lester, he was an average everyday guy. He worked for AAA in their vacation advisor department. He lived in a large apartment complex. He was a lonely bachelor. And kept odd hours, okay? Mm-hmm. So, Lester would start every day at the gym where he stayed in excellent shape, okay? He, he was, took care of himself. Stayed in excellent shape. Even though he didn't show off his physique, he almost appeared to be in to be in training for something. Okay. But no one knew what for. Okay. So he would work out, he would go to work, and he would eat like the same peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch every day. So like he had this routine. Every day he did the same thing. After work, he he would. Sorry, I can't read my own words. Every day he would he would stop at his PO box to get to get his mail, and then he'd go home. Several times a week, though, he would be seen leaving his apartment late at night with a gym bag. Okay, several hours would pass. And then he'd return home sweaty and disheveled. And and so you might expect him, if he's coming from the gym with a gym bag, you would expect him to look sweaty and disheveled, right? Sure. So morning comes. He's up. He goes to the gym again. But this time, this particular morning, he was running late. Oh, no. It was different. So his whole routine was was thrown off. So he was running late for work one morning, and he was driving faster than he should have been driving, and he got pulled over for speeding. Mm-hmm. And he stayed calm and cool and collected. He's got his gym bag beside him on a passenger seat, and, you know, you think everything's fine, and but the officer eyes... Another gym bag in the back seat. And the one in the back seat looks like it has blood on it. Okay. <clears throat> so the officer starts questioning him about, you know, the bags and the bag in the back seat. And Lester tried explaining it was a backup gym bag and had gym equipment in it. And that's, you know... They don't sure. really ever say how he explained the blood. He just said it was my. It's an extra bag that has gym equipment in it. But anyway, the officer found it to be enough evident, enough sufficient evidence that to search the the car. Mm-hmm. So he has Lester step out of the car, detains him, and he starts searching the gym bags. What do you think you found in the gym bags, Colin? All right. I'm going to give you three options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was it grilled cheese and tomato sandwich? No. Was it 
a phone set to the TikTok account that busts cops for breaking your civil rights? No. Was it a piece of 55,000-year-old bison? <laughs> Even that would have been a better answer. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea then. What was it? So, CSI arrives. They open the bags. Pubic hairs burst out of the bags. <laughs> Many different colors, shapes, and sizes. Okay. <laughs> when they so when they uh, they take so obviously they take Lester in for questioning, and they do test blood tests on the blood on the bag. And at this point, Lester lawyers up. He's like, I ain't talking to you guys. But the blood tests were inconclusive, and the police could not arrest him. On any open crimes, because I guess there's no law against owning 5,000 pubic hairs. 500,000 pubic hairs. Can you imagine having a gym bag that's full to the brim with pubic hairs? Why would I ever, but, uh, let me, ever let me, need to imagine that? But let me, let, <laughs> me, let me also throw this in. None of which were his. Oh, well then it's fine. These were other people's pubic hairs. Was he a collector? Well, it... I mean, obviously he's a collector of pubic hair, but I don't understand his purpose. There's no value. There's no overstreet price guide to pubic hair. They, but they've been, and they've been collected from the gym. So, I don't know. Do people drop pubic hairs at the gym? Not in vast quantities that I understand. I mean, I guess when you're getting ready to what shower... A lot? Yeah. Is he, what he... Was he like, can I have some of those? You know, I often say, when you tell these stories... You're gonna shave. I often say, when you tell these stories, that we should continue to investigate and find out more. Uh, no, this is the this is the case where I do not... I want you to take these pages out of your notebook and burn them. And never, ever think about Lester again. Right, so, what did they discover? Anything well, else? Well, what they found out was, and this is where they got him. He is actually kind of clever. So far, I'm not sure I'm with you on he, the no, no, wait. clever Lester. He finally admitted he was collecting the pubic hairs. For what purpose? To leave at crime scenes. So I guess he was going to commit crimes, leave the pubic hairs at the crime scene to it to implicate somebody else in a crime that he committed. I'd rather get arrested. I'd rather get arrested. If I'm going to do a crime, I'm just going to do it. I'm not collecting pubic hair to frame someone. But, I'd rather get arrested than, but, than carry around a bag full of pubic hair. Believe it or not, collecting... Collections of pubic hair for the use in a crime is a felony. Who knew? Well, I guess... (sighs) And with the amount that Lester had, he's looking at... He was planning something big. He's looking at about 35 years in prison. Good. I'm sorry. Good. And they're also... Now the state of California is now looking at any crimes that in in the area that were... uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? That people were charged with these crimes based on pubic hair evidence. They're all re-examining those cases to make to see if there's any links between them and the gym or them and, and Lester in any way. And now, what does the poem about this story sound like? <laughs> there's no poem, I'm assuming. I'm, I was trying to think of one. Perhaps a limerick. Off the top of my head, but I'm not that clever. Yeah. That's awful and is the most... Troubling story you've ever shared with us on the Bungalow. Aw, thanks. You're welcome. It's very troubling to me. So, Cindy, tell everyone where they can find you. <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter. I am just Cindy Bun on Twitter. Um, I don't really have a big presence on TikTok. I'm really more there just to. Just to look at other things, but you can find me on TikTok at um, CB Loves CB, and you can find me on Instagram at as uh, at Mrs. Cullen Bun. And you can find me. All my socials are pretty much at Cullen Bun. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all at Cullen Bun. Uh, if you from most of those sources, you can find my newsletter, which I put out every week on Sunday. I have a newsletter come out where you can find out even more exciting information. You can visit my Patreon, which is also at Cullen Bun, if you want to support me and uh, see some behind-the-scenes material and things like that. Um, that's where I am. All right. And with that, Cindy, it is time for you to close us out. So long from the spooky bungalow. Where the air is scary, and so are we. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the bungalow. Welcome to the bungalow. Welcome to the bungalow. Yeah, this your favorite show. Cindy and Kelly coming through. They about to let it go. Welcome to the bungalow. Relax, have a seat. Life, love, and comics is the place to be. He's a comic book writer. She's a music lover. Things get a little crazy when these two get together. Life's a surprise, like unpredictable weather. But when you got someone you love, it just make it all better. Daily quizzes, tell me, can you keep up? News of the weird, I know you can't get enough. Colors, comic corner. Yes, yeah, where it goes down. Welcome to the bungalow, it's our playground, yeah. Welcome to the bungalow, yeah, this your favorite show. Cindy and Kelly coming through, they about to let it go. Welcome to the bungalow, relax, have a seat, yeah. Life, love, and comics is the place to be. So welcome to the bungalow. From a studio in the heart of Snake Mountain. Let's go.